Hello everyone, I am Mariah Parsons, I'm your host. If you are new to Learn to Listen, welcome, and if you are a regular listener, thank you. Learn to Listen is a mental health and wellness podcast designed to encourage vulnerability in storytelling and to empower through empathy. If you like the show, please, please, please go subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I also have built out our social media. Um, So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, the whole, you know, every channel, omni-channel experience, wherever you like to find your content best, it's there for you. But first, I have a little preview of what is in store for this specific episode. You do not back down when you're like, I need, I need a night to like relax, recharge, like refill my cup. And so because both of you are such like embodiment, embody, you both embody that so well (laughs) that I wanted to ask like where, if you can pinpoint where you think like that awareness came from. Yeah. Um, I'll start actually. So personally, I think that self-awareness had come up really fairly young for me. Um, I was adopted and I found out the whole truth when, well, half the truth when I was like seven. And so it like reshaped my identity Mm -hmm. again, Mm because I knew I wasn't from my parents. And then when I was 13, I was told the full story. And so my identity was reshaped again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was constantly grappling at like strings to figure out or like put it together to try to like form this human being that I thought I was supposed to be mm-hmm. while taking like components of who I was or who I wanted to be or who others wanted me to be. Like mm-hmm. it was just a very like jumbled up yeah. um, ball of like mess almost. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I forced myself to kind of to grow up fast because I wanted to be like that best person for my parents, for like my people. Um, but it came at a cost for me because it, that left me with stripping and restripping my identity. All right, everyone. So that was the snippet from this episode. And that was Lexi and I talking. You'll also hear in the full episode, Sophie as well. And so both of them are or fellows like you'll hear us say in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to just highlight their foundation of a nonprofit. And Sophie is the CEO of Luma Galleries and Lexi is the COO. And so we kind of illuminate to so many different things, but something that I loved about this episode was just like the energy in the room. And I feel like you can just kind of hear like, how close the three of us are and how we all can work together um, to make sure that we all are getting what we need out of each other and ourselves. So without further ado, um, make sure to check out Luma Galleries. The link to RSVP to volume one is in the bio, the episode, uh, the episode description, and I hope you check out their socials as well. So welcome to Learn to Listen. I am so excited to have you both on the show today. For our listeners, we are joined by Sophie and Lexi, and they are both OR Fellows alongside with me. It's how we met, and I'm so, so thankful, so grateful to the OR Fellowship for giving us that connection. And they are here today to talk about everything in life, 
everything they've learned, them as a person. They also started their own nonprofit called Luma Galleries, which they'll get into, but welcome both. I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, so we're going to kick it off. Lex, let's start with you. Give a background description of Luma as well would be great. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yay. So um, my name is Lexi Andre, and I originally grew up in a small beach town in California. Um, I moved out here to Indiana to attend college in South Bend. I went to St. Mary's College, um, majored in political science and minored in justice studies and sociology. And then um, I moved to Indianapolis for the fellowship where I met both Hugh and Sophie, which I'm also very grateful for. Um, so yeah, Sophie and I actually started the process of launching this nonprofit last year in almost a year ago, actually last June or July. And we launched a 501c3 nonprofit organization called Luma Galleries with the main mission of illuminating the human experience. And we do that by combining personal narratives um, through the arts. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey and we've learned so much in the process. And uh, it's, just, it's just been great to get to know it's like so many people in the Indianapolis arts community alone and also just tap into our own personal and professional networks that we've been given um, from the fellowship itself. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. And so, yeah. So hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> My name is Sophie Wing, and I was born and raised in Indiana. Um, although I would like to share that my parents immigrated from China, so I do have that like piece of my identity growing up Chinese American. And I went to Indiana University, so I studied marketing and contemporary dance, and then I moved to Indy. And I had no idea what was in store for me when I moved here, but it has been a wild ride so far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've been being a part of the fellowship as well as having, you know, a nine to five within the tech space has been rewarding. Yes. But what has like fueled me and kept me grounded and feeling passionate and energized has been starting Lumo with Lex. And we have just evolved so much. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to get into it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I will do so. So I want to be as candid as I can. Radical candor is one of our values. And essentially, when we moved here in the summer, I was kind of thinking and dealing with two things. So one was I'd been thinking a lot of someone who had taken their own life um, not too long ago. And I had grown up with this person. His name was Owen and I knew his family and all of this and so it was just really surprising news and it just made me think a lot about suicide and mm -hmm. the fragility of life and uh, like the power of being together like together this is everything mm -hmm. yes. and so I was kind of grappling with that and I was talking to my therapist we love therapy and stands. We're therapy stands. <laughs> <laughs> yes and I was kept saying in our sessions, like, oh, I want to take action. I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. And the options that were posed to me were like good options, but mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like it was like the right thing for me. So that paired with um, really thinking about like my long, long-term career goals, like what I could do, no cap, you know, yeah. <laughs> that to me was kind of creating an organization that 
amplified people's like, you know, personal stories and Mm -hmm. did that through all these different mediums and in really engaging ways. Mm -hmm. And so in college, I did this project where we launched an art gallery, um, much smaller scale, just for a specific organization. And I thought, what if I like brought that or that project back 2.0, scaled it to the indie community, and worked with really amazing people. And at the same time, I really kept Owen like in my mind along the way. And we were super intentional about like what types of stories we were telling and Mm -hmm. what kind of conversations we wanted to promote. And so from there, very early on, I just, I mentioned it to Lex and I don't know if you can describe it from like your perspective, like how I even. Yeah, I remember it was, I, we live in, we lived in the same building our first year when we went to Indianapolis. And so I remember just being in Sophie's living room and she was telling me like, Hey, I'm working on this passion project and I just want to tell you about it. And she just dove into like how she launched her college project and, and her main goals. And like, when she was speaking, like all I could remember is like, wow, like she views life like the same way I do. It's about like that intentionality factor. Like it's being present in the moment, wherever you are, whoever you're with, it's about, um, that connection with one another because that's really what like gets you going and that's really what like makes life worth living and I think we forget that sometimes because it's so easy to get caught up in our own worlds and life is hard it's stressful and it's messy and sometimes we like we do like close ourselves off um but this whole project that Sophie was describing like I just remember seeing it like in the long term and even like in the past year I couldn't I can't still imagine how much we've already built it and so it's it's really like tapping into those community voices and like I'm both Sophie and I are, are new to the Indianapolis community and so what better way to do that than to like find people who do fit our core values as an organization and hear their stories in order to like promote this more like social cohesion within mm-hmm. the Indianapolis community by intertwining the arts and just like people you would you would never even know like had such an amazing story with them um so I just I remember that day and I like I saw the long term and I said yeah count me in yeah, <laughs> exactly. like I'm in how can I help what do you where can I plug in how do you support um oh my gosh and I then at so one point like Sophie night. and I were because we started with the team and then Mm-hmm. It scaled down to the two of us and mm-hmm. we were operating. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like it was just a two woman tag team mm-hmm. and we were, but we were moving and we mm-hmm. were chugging along and it built up to the momentum to like be able to further expand our team yes. and yeah. really like tackle like what we actually wanted to do. Um, which is actually upcoming because it's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what's so fun. We get like the in in um in the thick of it, like you know, there's still so much, of course, that you guys are gonna do with Luma. But like I think that's why I was so excited to have you both on at this moment mm-hmm. because there's things in the future which we're gonna get to, and there are things that you guys have already accomplished mm-hmm. that have been so great. Um and Lex, what you were saying about like the social cohesion mm-hmm. and the like I think like the essence of being able to take people's different stories and like see the things that differentiate it, but then mm-hmm. also see what connects it. Like that's why I absolutely love that's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're here. No, um, no, literally that is why we're here because that's why I love podcasting so much is like and learn to listen, just the whole atmosphere of taking someone's story and being able to like see the similarities and the differences and that kind of goes into what I wanted to discuss 
we're of course going to get into like all the ins and outs of Luma, but I want to talk about kind of like your own persona before we bring that into like Luma. Cause I think like you two are both very stable, strong, like workers, women, and people like just in general. And so, (laughs) (laughs) okay, we can get into that too. Um, we'll definitely dive in, but that's the next one. Um, but so I wanted to like get in kind of where did both of you, and it's okay if you're not even sure, but like start to get that, like self-awareness factor, or even like start to really understand where your like personal, um, needs, your personal boundaries, like where each of those, um, come from. Cause like for me specifically, it was in college when I finally like sat down and I got, and I was injured and growing. And I was like, at probably one of my worst life moments. And that's when I was like, okay, I woke up to the fact of like, you need to take care of yourself. You need to be very vocal about your own needs. And you two are such strong friends and women who do that. Like you do not back down when you are like, I need I need a night to like relax, recharge, like refill my cup. And so because both of you are such like embodiment and body, you both embody that so well (laughs) that I wanted to ask like where, if you can pinpoint where you think like that awareness came from. Yeah. Um, I'll start actually. So personally, I think that self-awareness had come up really fairly young for me. Um, I was adopted and I found out the whole truth when, well, half the truth when I was like seven. And so it like reshaped my identity Mm -hmm. again, Mm because I knew I wasn't from my parents. And then when I was 13, I was told the full story. And so my identity was reshaped again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was constantly grappling at like strings to figure out or like put it together to try to like form this human being that I thought I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. while taking like components of who I was or who I wanted to be or who others wanted me to be. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a very like jumbled up yeah. um, ball of like mess almost. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I forced myself to kind of, to grow up fast because mm-hmm. I wanted to be like that best person for my parents, for like my people. Um, but it came at a cost for me because it, that left me with stripping and restripping my identity. And so what, and then putting myself in situations that reinforce those like negative values that I held to myself. And so being faced with things like that, back to back to back really forced me to be like, okay, I need to learn how to love myself for what mm-hmm. I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been a lifelong process for me. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop learning about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's so great, but I must admit, um, I've seen, personally the most growth in myself within this past year Mm. and I think I saw it in college because I was finally out of my parents reach Mm, Um, but I was still kind of stuck in that like going to school every day like maybe not making the best choices Um, but when you're forced into like your own independent lifestyle you have to do what's right like you have to be responsible and you have to like act accordingly because or you'll face the consequences at the end of the day and so I really think that pushing myself to the limit by, by juggling this nine to five job, by becoming a kitten mother, by launching this nonprofit with like my best friend, Mm -hmm. um, it's possible, it's hard, but it's like also has pushed me to be the best person I think I could be at this given point of time in my life. And I don't think that's done. I don't think it's maxed Mm -hmm. out at all. And I, I think that potential 
is kind of a myth because you'll never reach it if you don't stop improving. And I always think that there's room for improvement. But with that being said, um, I had to learn how to control my emotions and to at least control my reactions because mm -hmm. I'm allowed to feel as however I feel, but how I reflect that towards others or in my interactions with others yeah. is what really defines who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to be a person who acts with kindness and who cares for others. And I guess um, gives us really warm presence because I, people are so important and the people I've met in this past this past year alone have become significant people in my life that I hope to like hold on for the rest of it. And I I tend to keep it that way. And so by keeping that, by being the person I am now means making all those right decisions towards like the better version of me. And if to keep these people around me and also just to keep improving, I will be doing that. Just that, I guess. Mm -hmm. That was, that was beautiful. Yeah. That was random. That was beautiful. No, I love it. <laughs> you can listen to that forever, yeah. huh? <laughs> Don't We're just cut gonna, the loop. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to pass the mic on. <laughs> I'm like, do we just go off? That's it. Right now? That's like, it. Yeah. <laughs> Lex, oh, your TED Talk. Okay. Amazing. Oh, oh, that's phenomenal. There's so much to dive in there. And I am so eager to do so. But I'm going to hold myself back and ask the same question <laughs> to you, Soph, so that we can... Um, make sure that we dive into all of it together. Aww. Okay. Well, I would say that a lot of what you say resonates with me. I think ownership of writing your story mm -hmm. and rewriting your story and knowing that that's like the past isn't defining you, like what you like the future is like endless possibility, mm -hmm. like all of that. So I really resonate with that. And I appreciate you for being vulnerable and vulnerability is courage. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Part of our, <laughs> part of our expression here. Yeah. Learn to listen. So I love that. Oh, yes. I totally have mm -hmm. seen that. Absolutely. So I think for me, uh, what pops into my mind when you talked about things like boundaries, strength, resilience, leaning into your identity, authenticity is probably the fact that as for as long as I can remember, I had have this chronic illness. And um, I think that although having something like this has been traumatic, has been mm. ugly, has been something that I've held a lot of shame around mm. because I didn't tell people about it. Whenever I would be gone, they would just be like, oh, like, where were you? I'd be like, oh, I was sick, but like just gloss right. over it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, I think that it has also deeply shaped the person that I am and how I live my day-to-day -day life because I prioritize my health as number one, period. Mm -hmm. Um, I know my non-negotiables. My non-negotiables are also my triggers, but like triggers don't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. They are just things to help guide you so that you don't, you know, you don't take a direction that will end up hurting more than you need it to. So for me, I think that like my strength and resilience come from mm -hmm. the fact that like, yes, this is a part of my identity. Yes. It has shaped me and like stripped me down and like been some of the worst memories in my life. But like, it's also been like such a beautiful catalyst mm -hmm. for helping me create a base into being a really healthy human being and really thinking about myself before I think about other people. Mm. I have to think about when I walk into a, you know, when I decide to make a decision, 
Maybe it's to go to a party at 1 a.m. Like, I have to think about myself first. Is this going to mess up my sleep? And will that then trigger me into having an episode? And is that worth it? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then I'm going to go home at 12 and I'm going to say, sorry, I can't come to this party. And like the people that receive that, I would hope would respect it. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of that to say, like in this base that it has helped me build, I feel like I've been able to flourish on top of it and not only say I, you know, I live my life in the fullest of ways that I can, but I can still do things that you might think, oh, what the heck, how's that possible? And then Mm -hmm. it's like, if I can do that, I think that so many other people can find their different ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give you a tangible example. Like uh, some of my triggers are like extreme fatigue or like very negative sleep or no sleep. And in my senior year of college that summer when COVID hit, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't able to get any internships or anything like that. And so I said, how can I grow? Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to build my mental toughness. And I also want to build my physical toughness. I think those go hand in hand. So mm-hmm. I said, I want to train for a marathon. Um, like so spontaneously. I was not a runner. I was a dancer. <laughs> I studied dancing in college. <laughs> I didn't even know how to run like here. Like yeah. the use of your muscles like vertically when you run versus horizontally when you dance. And so that I've never I thought, never thought, thought about like, that yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be like thinking about that when I'm running and like, okay, no, no <laughs> the vertical. The planes. Yeah. We should do that end up being the robot. Yeah. <laughs> the planes of running. Okay, yes. yes. Yeah. And I just said, no, I'm gonna do it. So I Googled how to run a marathon. I bought some shoes I just started like one mile a day then Mm -hmm. it like obviously you know blah 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 piled up the rest and then (laughs) I actually ran you know 26 point whatever miles and in November of my senior year while I was you know doing college 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 teens (laughs) and I look back and I'm like how did my body do that Mm -hmm. and how did I not get sick and how did I how was I able to just push through the mental anxiety around like what will happen if I push my body too much and will that be worth it? Um, so (laughs) I I hope that gives you some context. It does. Yes, it definitely does. I think too, for our listeners of, I think when I was listening to both of you, the thing that again, I'm going to, I'm going to tie in the differences and the similarities, but the things, the underlying, I think lessons learned there of how you can take something that is very painful, very um, centric to a person and their identity, and then choose to grow from that. I think that's a very powerful choice. And that's something that I've had to learn of how can you In the moment, I feel like when you're really in the thick of things, when you're in a dark place in your life, you are, it is very uh, individualized. The scope is very small. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that process of healing is then to have that scope get a little bit wider and wider and then see how that life event, that object, that person, how you get hopefully a little bit more distance or, um, or more experience around it then can help you grow and like really shape your perspective. And it sounds like for both of you, the choice to then do that is, I feel like it just knowing you both from like a year now, 
has been so like, I see that in your everyday today, everyday today actions of like, you are both at the same time, like very kind and very outward in helping other people. Like, what do you need? How can I help you? But you also are very aware and centric to your own personalities. And I feel like that's something that I don't want to say rare, but it's very difficult to come by at our age. And absolutely. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people at our age right now, it's like, we're used to becoming like those chameleons and mm-hmm. we're like, it's all about matching energy, which is, I'm also a huge fan of, because like, if you give me your hundred percent, I'm going to give you your hundred percent back, hundred yeah. percent right back. But also it's like being able to remain in that your centric individual while being immersed into an environment of others and not maybe succumbing to certain things that are at a cost of your actual morals or like that are rooted mm-hmm. in your, your true identity. Um, I know I struggled with that and it was like, I was constantly shifting colors to reflect moods of different people in my life. And that's also where like identity became like a crisis because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what parts of me only existed for me right. rather than be existing for the people that I surrounded myself mm-hmm. with, whether that being them being good people or people I probably shouldn't have spent so much time with. Yeah. But, but yeah, I do think that's a problem. I think that's a great point, Mariah. Mm-hmm. Have you struggled with that yourself? Yeah, I think so. For me, I mean, the process of in a very short time period, I also, similar to you with your friend Owen, lost someone close to me and they died by suicide. And so within a couple months of that life event happening, um, I also got injured, like my personality in rowing. It was so centric to I'm such a driven, like motivated person and athletics was a way for me to showcase how much, how much of a hard worker I was. Mm -hmm. And so when I got injured that the dynamics very much shifted of like, there's not really a, like, you're not getting validation from coaches and teammates and all of that. And I very much sought to have validation from Mm -hmm. others, like me giving it to myself, it was zero, if not negative. Mm -hmm. And so that's what was such a catalyst for me being injured. And then I also had um, a very, very close friend. A lot was going on with her. She was not in a great mental space. And so from all of those happening in like, I think it was about like a three month time, time span. That's kind of what sent me into my own world Mm -hmm. and closed off a lot of people, even though from like the outside, I would say I was still a pretty similar person, but I really had to examine and like get myself to a point where I was like, why, why am I doing this? Like Mm -hmm. I have to be super reflective. Why is this so monumental for me? Um, like really understanding myself as a whole. And then now, because I am far enough away from those life events Mm -hmm. and I've gotten the help that I needed, like talk to therapists and go to therapy and talk to teammates and family and friends. I can now see like where I went wrong in those situations and like had bad habits for myself Mm -hmm. and how not to get myself back in that rabbit hole of like negative self-talk and, and having bad behaviors that don't help me in my mentality. Like I know how to put up those boundaries because of specific events. And so I say like very much, I relate in that the lessons learned damn, they were painful, but I can now look back on them with gratitude saying like, I now know in those specific moments, like the person who I was, Mm -hmm. and if those moments come up again, I know how to be better Mm -hmm. because I know like 
the person that has evolved because of those events. So I sometimes look back on them and I'm like, damn, I wish that didn't happen because it's painful, right? Like we want to avoid pain, but then I catch myself and I'm like, no, because you wouldn't be the same person. Like I probably wouldn't be here with this podcast, maybe talking to you too, like bonding over it. Right. So I definitely, definitely do relate. And I appreciate both of you sharing, you asking the same question to me as well, because the vulnerability aspect of like sharing and being so brave and putting up those boundaries, it is difficult. And I hope anyone who's listening to this podcast, it's part of the reason I started it, like goes to the Luma volume one. Like, I hope if they ever, I hope that they ever cross like any of our paths, they find maybe hopefully not a similarity in our, in the pain there, Mm -hmm. but in the growth factor Mm -hmm. that comes after it. Yes. Yeah. And you can't have like one without the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what a beautiful, like, multifaceted dynamic like stream of thoughts that you just shared that to me just seems like a mariah moment of reckoning <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and i love that for you yeah thank you, know? you. <laughs> i i think yeah. that's beautiful yeah mm-hmm. and i think that like your ability to be able to pinpoint those bad habits mm-hmm. or those toxic traits is hard work within itself and that's discipline so yeah. all those like all those values or skills that you valued so highly when you were younger, but saw like the validation of others, like really like you just were able to turn inward and give that to yourself. And I think that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And like what you said about um, pain, because unfortunately pain does bring out the most growth and Mm -hmm. growth happens when we are outside that comfort zone, when um, we're exploring uncharted waters. Um, But I've learned, I think that's another, uh, another reason how I've been able to become more self-aware than I have been in the past is just being able to realize if that never happened, I would never be this Lexi. Mm -hmm. And I love this Lexi. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that moment. Although painful, it has brought me here today. So Mm -hmm. I echo what you just said. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, can I say one more Oh thing? my god, no, <laughs> oh, no, we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna keep going with all of this because it's too good. It's too good. Uh, I just feel like both of what you just shared is self-care in like the most pure of forms. Like mm-hmm. it is self-care to like reflect and say like what's serving me and what's not. And like, I need to do this by myself for mm-hmm. myself. Like I'm not going to rely on yeah. anyone else yeah. first. Like, it's and that's not selfish. No, it's not selfish. <laughs> it's not. And like yeah. you protecting your energy and your time and having like the utmost respect for the current person you are with the context of the past person that you are is self-care and self-love. Yes. Like yeah. I, I just think that that's like an aspect of self-love slash self-care that I don't really see on, uh, on social media mm-hmm. and being promoted because it requires a lot more digging. It requires mm-hmm. more like rawness and like Deeper. perhaps ugliness to appear first before you see anything else, yeah. but like doing the hard work for yourself by yourself is always worth it. Mm-hmm. Always worth it. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. It's actually a very relevant topic of, um, on the podcast as well. We had Corey, who's an awesome, awesome, awesome human being. And he like brought up the fact he was like, self-help is bullshit Mm. because you can read and like surface level, but it's like really the deep, deep dive on like reflection on your own persona that will make the impact. Right. So like, I feel like there's on social media, there's like the 
Um, there's like the how to help yourself, how to improve your habits, like mm. work out, um, better diet, like drink all of water. that. Yeah, drink <laughs> more water, like, and all your problems go away. Like you're not doing enough. It's your most generic version right. of healthy lifestyle. Question yeah. Mark. <laughs> yeah. And so for all that, I feel like we get like this weird dichotomy of like, we're fed so much yes. like information and like surface level education, mm-hmm. but really where all the work begins and like really has an impact is when you're diving in, like whatever that looks like to you, whether it's with therapists, whether it's with loved ones, whether it's internally, like in a journal, mm-hmm. anything like wherever you're doing that work, that's where I feel like you become the person that like the better version of yourself or like mm-hmm. understand your previous one to then know like your present persona. Um, yes. And yeah. I feel like, and I can kind of bring this into like Luma a little yeah. bit because what you're sharing to me, like very much has like a tie to this concept of like inputs versus outputs. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I've shared this with you before um, inputs are like, consuming media consuming Mm. food listening to others like anything that you can absorb whether that be physically or mentally or emotionally that's inputs outputs is creating outputs Mm. is processing outputs is releasing outputs is like crying creating poetry Mm. making making something telling someone something that you need to get off your chest Mm. and so like what you share just makes me think of like, how do you balance the inputs versus outputs? Like if you have too many inputs, in my opinion, like you just get overwhelmed and you feel uncomfortably full and your voice becomes lost. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you have too many outputs, then you lack inspiration and you're not going out into the world. You're just waiting for things to come to you. And with Luma, like we've done such a great job of just trying to maintain a balance of like, yes, we're doing this for the community but we also have like our personal whys, but we also want to amplify the muses mm-hmm. and we also want to like create, but we also don't want to be the only ones creating. <laughs> yeah. It's multi-layered. So there's, yeah. Yeah, there's so much balance there. Yeah. And, and I think I want to echo what Sophie said too, because the inputs and outputs and like the voices and like your voice and like your people's voice and it matters. All of it, mm-hmm. all of it matters. And it's like Sophie said, it's, it's about knowing that balance. And so I think I want to also credit, like what's really cool about like the simulators between your podcast and Luma is that mm-hmm. it's, this is our own words. Like these are coming from our mouths yeah. and well, no, duh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a bar. <laughs> but like the same thing with Luma, like we in, interview these individuals who embody our Luma values and we pull um, all that content together and and form this kind of um, final excerpt of everything that they have said in their excerpt, but like kind of um, condensed into a story form, but mm-hmm. verbatim from what they've said in in their interviews, because we don't want our voice to outdrown theirs. And mm-hmm. when they tell their story, because it's not really about Luma, like mm-hmm. Luma solely is the platform that amplifies like these voices of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a great way though for me and Sophie to be able to interview these these muses. We've referred to them as our muses um, because our voice is heard too in the interview. And that's when that that bond happens because like you, they're being vulnerable, which allows us to be vulnerable and human connection just forms even further there. But um, I'm gonna stop talking. No, never, never. That's not allowed. No, no self-censoring on this podcast. Um, no, I think that's beautiful. And that speaks to the intentionality. And I wanted to dive into this because I feel like 
I mean, I am like such a supporter of both of you and I've been like on the inside of Luma with helping with the photo shoot and like just knowing you guys while you've been working on the um like working up to the gallery and so I feel like sometimes I forget I'm like oh like I know so much about Luma just because of <laughs> yeah. my involvement yeah shout out to Mariah for really helping yeah. oh thank She's you been such a huge help <laughs> I did not plan that um but I but I will take it um, but so like I want to like I want to really emphasize this to the listeners because I think the intentionality behind Luma and just the way that both of you go about life is so special and um it really like creates that space for vulnerability and connection because some of these muses you're meeting for the first time like mm-hmm. the, you know so mm-hmm. which is also so special which we'll get into um but I wanted to ask you both like because you are in such a vulnerable space creating Luma mm-hmm. like were there any hesitancies or worries when you're um like asking these muses to share their stories and um or like we're so like that that faucet of was there any worries but then mm-hmm. also how did you both like work with each other to make sure that you were both comfortable with like your vulnerability and sharing and like was it ever difficult to kind of um like express your own vulnerability in all of that you know that's a great yeah no, that was great. a great question <laughs> <laughs> you just need to take a moment please um. do <laughs> I mean, I, I do have something. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, like, I never felt like I struggled with opening up with our muses. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because they're like simply soulful individuals mm-hmm. and they're just, their, their presence itself is very calming. And, or, or if it was just the fact that they were so brave in their rawness of like who they were and they were so unapologetically them, which yeah. is like, which is how they should be and how they should feel. And so it's almost like, hearing them own their story in turn empowered me to like mm. further like embrace mine and mm. like amplify mine. And so um, these muses actually, they not once did they hesitate when we did ask like these questions, they took a moment maybe to reflect, right. like answer the, the um, these reflective soulful questions. Like I, I'm just going to give an example. So like one of our questions would be, um, what is the fragility? What does the fragility of life mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, also, another one would be, um, how were you able to deem yourself worthy in a situation in, in a situation that deemed you invisible? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this was the first time they were hearing these questions too. Yeah. And <laughs> so, it obviously, could come as a shock, but they they collected themselves and they said and they just spoke their truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was one of the most empowering moments and. I love Luma in its whole aspect, but I think the interviews is where, like, where I feel the most alive, aside from creating the content as well, like sponsoring or showing or showcasing them. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just the they're powerful, they're, they're the power in them revealing who they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Period. Exclamation mark. Yeah, that's so cool, like, to hear you say that, because, like, we'll see at the gallery, we'll see like the final piece, yeah. but knowing like every step of the way, kind of like the thoughts, everything, um, like the feelings, the takeaways of each, each step is really cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been such a journey too, throughout that, because we have had to pivot 
so much. <laughs> so much. And you know so what, Mariah? I'm going to be completely honest. Please. Like, when I first started seeing obstacles pop up with Luma, they scared me mm-hmm. and they made me feel like, oh, another one. Like, yeah. <laughs> how are we going to do this? And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I almost didn't have the confidence in myself to know that. I was going to be able to help find a solution. Mm. I was just like, wow. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I, like, I, to, I need to call up Chris like on the board. I need to talk about this with two yeah. hours with him and then we're going to have to maybe find something. But I, I literally didn't know. And so I think one of the biggest, you know, obstacles that popped into my mind was when we started with a team of four, mm-hmm. not including our board. Yeah. And then due to very valid reasons, we ended 2022, no, 2021 with two, mm-hmm. AKA Lex and I. Yeah. <laughs> and we said, and what happened was like the original vision, I'm going to just roll it back a little bit. Yeah, the original yeah. vision was just to host one art gallery event, mm-hmm. scrappy community, like, let's just do it. And then it became, let's create a nonprofit mm. and let's, hub of the first art gallery of many underneath that so the scope just grew so much so when two people you know when when the team gets cut down yeah that's that's scary how are we gonna the workload how are we gonna and you would think that would have slowed us (laughs) of course like what um yeah and you would think that would have slowed us or like made us like turn away out of fear of like rejection or just like yeah like the workload and yeah yeah there was a lot like there was a lot but I had Sophie yeah Mm -hmm. and and Sophie had me and I'm so grateful I found like a being who can simultaneously exist as my best friend Mm -hmm. and the best work wife ever because we I think we balance each other out very well we're we're very similar in the ways that it matters like I I can I never have to worry if Sophie is going to hold up her end of the deal or like um output as much as she says she's going to do that's never worry in my mind and similarly like with me that's I hope that's, yeah, that's that's It's like the people can't see you not. <laughs> She's yeah. agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, and so it's it's really possible because of the girl sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And um I'm grateful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed in this world. Is such a love time. Sophie and I do profess our love to each other like after every meeting. Every meeting. It's, every you have to naturally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not planned. It's just, happens and we somehow can find new things to say every time like we never run out yeah. um, that's so special yeah but get going back, that was a huge <laughs> obstacle that we just in the moment we had a few conversations where we were like we're not sure how this will work no. like we're gonna maybe we do need to look for new people to join our team but then we said no we're gonna we're gonna do it and try our best and then we're gonna pivot along the way and we did, we've pivoted every single step along the way. And there've been other things that have popped up mm-hmm. and not, not once have we like fallen down. Like mm-hmm. we have continued to push yeah. mm-hmm. and that's the power of like working with the right people. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you're with the right people, like we are going to be able to accomplish exactly what we want. And the very other thing that popped into my head based on your beautifully worded question <laughs> was we also, when we thought about, you know, Luma's mission is like quite large and we are just trying to do our first event. So it's not going to be perfect. And we originally had the idea of having like separate categories of types mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. So we had like working yeah. professionals mm-hmm. category, refugees category, LGBTQ plus category, because the intention was to get 
representation mm-hmm. of different groups mm-hmm. to amplify, you know, groups that, per, you know, maybe don't get like the attention that they deserve. Yeah. But what we learned along the way <laughs> is that um, really someone, anyone, every human is like a holistic being and mm-hmm. their identities are intersectional. And so it just totally changed the scope of the project to go from these like kind of rigid categories and trying to figure out where people, you know, could go. But like, let's say someone identified as LGBTQ plus and is also a refugee. It's like, um, where do you cut? Ca- yeah. yeah. And you can you yeah. restrict a person to one identity or the mm-hmm. other, because like, there's so much more than that. Yeah. And so, yeah, the vision reshifted. And um, we wanted to grab like indie in a snapshot, yeah. mm-hmm. and so we've tapped in, we tapped into our personal and professional networks for for these muses, and um, what we were able to find was just like simply like beautiful, like within their stories, and and we really wanted to do like right by them, and so Sophie and I decided to like upscale our our vision and really just um, pick a central theme to their story and combine that with photography mm-hmm. and shadow work photography specifically like with our luma gradient colors um and and we're that that the final photo- photograph the final photograph yeah. and the final text excerpt um from their interview will be shown in our in our luma volume one gallery so the first gallery that will ever launch or mm-hmm. that will ever be hosted by luma um will happen this June, um, June 25th and 26th at a thousand words um gallery on the east side of Indy. And um you really should check out these muses because they're wonderful people yeah. and their stories mm-hmm. will touch your soul because they've touched all of ours. And um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. got to like meet all of these muses. You were the right. first person that yeah. I interacted with. Heck yeah. And let me say they were so grateful that you were their first face. Yeah. I was so happy so. to be there too. Like it was so much fun. And this is a perfect I wanted to talk to you both about this because like I feel like this photo shoot is perhaps like the first time of like seeing mm-hmm. the embodiment like visually because you have like mm-hmm. the interviews beforehand and that's of mm-hmm. course the the like text the oral presentation like through the interviews but the Mm -hmm. visual component of the expression like the photo shoot is kind of like it right like you have you you did the prep work and a vision but like having the actual muses in the space Mm -hmm. um just from my perspective was so cool to like see it all come to life and I love meeting the muses like I feel like I'm connected to them like absolutely you know and lumen I can't wait for the general public of course to (laughs) see that um but I wanted to ask before we get into like the photo shoot, mm-hmm. what's like the methodology behind how you found muses? Like I of course know the stories, so I'm asking you, mm-hmm. um, you both this for our listeners of like yeah. when you were uh, posing the question for yourself of or both of yourselves mm-hmm. um, of like how you're going to go about finding these muses. I know you'd mentioned like the categorization mm-hmm. and that, that got, um, that was pivoted away from. So if you can slash could even like mm-hmm. put like an umbrella of like the methodology mm-hmm. or the like reasoning behind why you went with like the muses that you have chosen, are you able to like summarize? Um, Yes, I just give me one second. Yeah, okay. I, I do want to. I I want to say that it's funny because I think we kind of touched upon this earlier in this podcast, and it was about um, knowing that you're your best self when you're with like the best people mm-hmm. like you can be around. And so when 
we all like reached out through our personal network. We found like these inspirational humans that, that had a story and, and had it been impacted, it also impacted others in the process. Um, but we're also just like genuine human beings. And I think it's, it's, it's almost ironic because it's like, it speaks to the truth. Like you, who you spend the most time with is like who you end up being like. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the people that we use through our network, um, I would trust with my life. Um, like, like Jan, Jan, for example, Mm -hmm. he's also on our Luma team. Yeah. Um, he was the one who looped in, um, one of our muses named Arlette Mm -hmm. and she just a little brief snapshot of her. She was originally born in Rwanda. Um, and then, um, moved to Kenya, was raised there for a little bit and then moved to the States. And so her, her story encompasses that entire journey. And of course the internal journey that she experienced in herself, Mm -hmm. but Jan himself is actually a a refugee as well. And so it's just like, Mm -hmm. yes, from Burma. And so I think that, um, recognizing a, a genuine whole human being with who acts with intentionality, who is resilient within um, their day-to-day actions or even like their overall life actions, um, they'll mo- more than likely they'll have people who are are like them. Yeah. And so I think mm-hmm. that's um, it was almost sporadic. And but if I'm being completely honest, please do. Finding, yes. Yeah. Finding these muses because we did try to like categorize them originally, mm-hmm. and then like that just didn't work. We were also mm-hmm. very new to the area, mm-hmm. and so we. Um, we really look deep into the arts community. We use like our um, our personal friend and board member, Chris Smith, his his network as well to try to find other people. We we randomly chose people off the street yeah. um, in Fountain Square. Shout out Fountain yeah. Square. We just, we were like, all right, we need two strangers today. And we just walked around and Asking, then, and the worst thing they could say is no, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then they both said yes. <laughs> and then you're long. like, okay, now we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if I'm being honest, it's just like there was no like method necessarily to our madness. Mm-hmm. Um, we just happened to be in the right space at the right time, and we had the honor and privilege of amplifying these very seven special people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would add on that it was not only all of that and someone who's willing to share it mm-hmm. with the world. Yes. You know, because some yeah. people aren't ready, mm-hmm. but all of these all of these individuals were open and willing to be open. And so that it wasn't hard to get them to open up. It was like the way they already talked about life, the way they already talked about themselves, the way they treated people that was already like so clean and clear. And then like when we were finding our last two interviewees, it was Nadia Issa and King Rhodes, both phenomenal individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just like, I had already spent a little bit of time with them. And I was like, they have unique stories, yes. The way they talk about life and their values and how they navigate this world is just, it's just perfect. And mm-hmm. it's just exactly like what we want to like also mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So it just was like a no brainer. Like, yeah. duh, I need to reach out to them uh-huh. and be like, hey, do you have time to be interviewed like on yeah. a Sunday? Um, I don't know. Lex, what are your thoughts on like how you want this process to maybe be more, be more intentional or yeah. more streamlined moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think that moving forward his Luma volume one is only the first, right. Mm-hmm. And the first of many. And so I think that moving forward, uh, Sophie and I have talked about this. We, we think about having, or we're going to have a centralized theme to each mm-hmm. volume. 
um, subsequently to Luma Volume 1. And so maybe Luma Volume 2 would be education-centered. And so I think that it would really it would really be a case-by-case basis, mm-hmm. in all honesty, because mm-hmm. it, it would want, we would want to see the overarching theme as well as like what we want to amplify within that certain theme. So it's yeah. like the education system. Are we going to interview across the generations? Are we going to interview like at an administration level and a student level as a parent of, of current students in the school system? Like there's so many different perspectives and takes that we can take on it. And so I think that our methodology will be ever changing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's beautiful because I think it doesn't stop Luma from evolving in any one way or becoming too redundant in how we maybe amplify these voices. Because ideally, like Sophie and I have also spoken about <clears throat> using different art mediums um, <clears throat> throughout the different volumes. So like right now, like I said, volume one will have photography, sound design, and videography. Maybe the next volume will be um, photography and spoken word or, or, dance. or dance or yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, absolutely. Period. She was horizontal, like, oh, like, horizontal, horizontal running. Yeah, and, not vertical. And vertical dancing. No. <laughs> Are you trying to imagine vertical yeah. dancing? Okay. We gotta switch it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you later. <laughs> we can't get we can't get video evidence of that one. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Like kind of um it makes it very relatable, I think, like okay. of your like you're going out there, you're seeing what you kind of feel in the moment and like running with it. Like you don't have to be so locked down to a process. That's what kind of why I wanted to ask a question. Cause mm-hmm. just knowing your like thought process of how you approach yeah. it is very much like feelings oriented of like, yeah. it felt right. It did. And so that's the message I love, or one of the messages that I would love to impart on listeners is like, you don't have to like overthink if you have something like that you want to explore, right. you don't, have to be so structured in it you can just like start experimenting and like dipping getting your toes wet in the water like seeing like oh just walk along fountain square which is a neighborhood in indianapolis um like you can just walk and see like who you know who in your personal network you could reach out to and like has a story and would be willing to share their time um so i think it, it makes it very real like that whole process that methodology right like it doesn't have to be so rigid it can be Mm -hmm. very fluid yeah Um, and I think that's that's beautiful and I think something that also is beautiful was the photo shoot that (laughs) we both had um so I purposefully knowing that we after the photo shoot um after like the the weekend I purposefully restricted myself in like asking what your guys's takeaways were because I wanted it to be during this conversation (laughs) so um yeah so I wanted to hear both of your takeaways um I'll share mine as well but I want to pose and not lead you guys into what my thoughts are okay so yeah whoever wants to take us first sure I did the very best that I could given my role and just planning as much as possible. Mm-hmm. We had, mm-hmm. we had a test shoot. We had a pre-meeting to the test shoot to plan out every single shot we wanted to capture the silhouettes, the lighting, yeah. the, the everything. Then, specific to each muse, like yes. everything, very detailed, very, very detailed. detailed, very opposite of the methodology. <laughs> <laughs> Very plain. <laughs> there needs to be structure somewhere. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta have structure. That's so, why they're back to back. See, they're <laughs> like that. 
There's okay. duality in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, we had the test shoot. Then we had all these meetings after the test shoot to figure out what we wanted to do for the final shoot. Mm-hmm. Then it was, okay, it doesn't just have to be Lex and the main team and our board doing this. We can bring in other volunteers. And so it was really awesome to see people in or fellowship like yourself mm-hmm. say, I want to help. How can mm-hmm. I help? And I other help? creatives like just jump at the opportunity to yes. like create for like another like grander like entity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just like yes. so and, and still have that like piece of who they are as as an artist mm-hmm. um be attached to it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was really exciting as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we got to bring you in and mm-hmm. all a few other really amazing individuals. And so all this prep it was like on my end it was just like when do people need to get here by what time what do they need to wear what do they need to bring on the muse side lex took lead on that i took the lead on like kind of the, the staff i don't know the like team the team yeah. Yeah. yeah and so then when we got there though i was like okay i can relax mm-hmm. and just enjoy and be present and soak this up because this is this is like a once in a like we can never replicate this mm-hmm. yeah never it, it can't because all of our volumes will have different muses and maybe we'll be in different places and the shots will be different. Like, yeah. And it won't be the first one. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So this is uniquely this. And so I like, for me, a personal takeaway was we did the work. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to have fun yeah. and just be oh, in the moment. Yeah. And so there are times when, you know, maybe I should have been like helping move things around, but I was in the corner with Chris, just like putting, tying strings. <laughs> yeah, tying <laughs> strings on it. Was very cute. On staff, it was like, very cute. Like the soulful yeah, exuberance. Exactly. Like yeah. you know, you have to like you have to find enjoyment in like even like the most intense like processes or the intense events because there is beauty in that and there is always like little sparks of joy and I had so much fun like with Sophie like I like Sophie said I had so much fun shooting um all of our different muses like in their different poses and yeah um I do want to like echo what Sophie said too about uh the pre-meeting and it was just almost like getting up like that team of creatives together to really mm-hmm. like plan out like how this day is going to be what colors are going to be for each muse or what pose are they going to be like which like line do we want to amplify the most yeah um having like the power of having all those creators in this room like thinking about the same end goal while while well, having in the back of their mind what Luma really stands for, like what our main goals are, what our values are, was like almost like watching magic happen mm-hmm. because the like the the fast rate, like these ideas were coming off of and one day I would one idea would spark another idea, mm-hmm. would spark an even grander idea. And then like we'd all come together and like pick our favorite. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was, we're all very like strong-willed people and, and we're headstrong and we're, we're, we're independent and we're also passionate. And so it is possible for as those powerful individuals such as ourselves to be in that room, like working mm-hmm. towards the same end goal without butting heads for each, toward each yeah. other. And I think it was just like the strength of being on the same wavelength. Um, and that definitely, that high carried into our actual photo shoot, which which was amazing. And I never, there was never at one point where I felt like things were out of control. Mm. Um, and we had fun with it, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just say one more. <laughs> I would say on an like a external lens, it was the fact that we curated this experience. And like, I feel like each person had their own, like, own experience within the experience, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is so unique mm-hmm. if you think about it. It's like, for Lex and I, it was about, you know, our... Uh, well, I won't speak for you, but I mean, for us, it was like, you know me, (laughs) (laughs) it was like, we need to 
get these art pieces shot and so printed out and ready for our community mm-hmm. event. That was like the core. Yeah. You know, for other people, it was maybe to experience something that they hadn't before and be able to like play a tangible hand in like the these final pieces. Like it was different for each person. And I think like even the muses, like they came in and mm-hmm. they felt like models. They felt yeah. cherished they and yeah. rooted for. <laughs> and it's like they had an audience and but they also didn't, you know, like we were teaching them too. So it was like, they had their own experience. How cool is it that every single person like has their Mm. own, like individualized, like moments of like love, joy, Mm -hmm. fun, learning, all of that. And my favorite part was Jared Thompson's. Mm. Actually, I don't see, I don't know if it was my favorite, but because they're all so good. So I can't compare, but he came in and we didn't have to teach him how to pose. We didn't have to silhouette him at all. The lighting was already done. He came in, he brought his saxophone and he just played. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop when he was playing like in that studio. And we were like dancing previously, like we were blasting our own playlist and everyone, it was just like, although we were all firing at different frequencies in, in that same environment, in that one moment, I felt like we were all just like, together mm-hmm. experiencing the exact same thing except taking our own like perspective on it of course because like what Sophie says it's the little pieces that makes that make the bigger picture and yeah that was one of my favorite parts too yeah, yeah. what I, was your favorite part yeah, I, I, what, your take, what are your takeaways oh yeah no I, I I do have a different perspective from you both <laughs> um like just from my um you know like my my role like what I was helping um, with that day, but I do like Jared and he was like the last, um, news too. So it was like a nice little, like, like gift, like, yeah, like (laughs) packaging it up, you know, like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like very, very wholesome, like tangible moment of just being like, like a sigh of relief. Like it was kind of like, oh, a nice little, like, oh, it's done. Like it, it, it like had a nice, finite end with literally like music. Yeah. Like that's a wrap, like music playing. Um, yeah, it was very special. I know like myself too, I haven't been in a photo shoot ever. And so like, it was just um, like, you cool. should be though, because you're like a model. So <laughs> yeah, please. Um, but it was just like, so fun, like just a, such a fun environment. And like, I love your guys' colors, but it was, um, I think like the, if I had to pinpoint, like one of my strongest takeaways was just like the creative energy in the room of like, we had, of course, like Aaron and Sam, who are other or fellows, like they were contributing. They're both uh, creators as well. And then Danielle, like the photographer, um, she was like, she was so zoned in on like what she was doing too. you guys both like um, Jan as well, like filling your like looking at the whole picture, like seeing how it's going to come together. And so for me, it was like a lot of fun because I feel like in both of you, I could see like the fun that you were having and like the stress of planning it was like not I won't say evaporated but like it looked like it was you know pretty dang close yeah, pretty minimal. <laughs> yeah she was not let in um and so it was just so fun to like play the role of being able to like help alleviate yeah. some of that stress and like help wow make the vision that you both had set forward happen and like I feel like everyone kind of understood their part and like yes how to make yes that all happen and so it's just like very like you could just like feel it in the air of like everyone just being like so vibey and like contributing to the like creative or the intentional effort of like each um 
like each little role that you have that everyone was playing and it was so like cool to see just like you know the background of it all um, you know I, I want to add to I think that the stress did like seem to evaporate for Sophie and I because mm -hmm. um we had so much confidence in like the team that we had brought to those two days. Yeah. We knew what people were going to be in the room. We mm -hmm. knew what everyone's role was and we were comfortable with mm -hmm. letting their creative autonomy flow um, because they're more than capable. They're more than passionate about it. And they're more than awe-inspiring. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's great. And so like having, being able to like trust that team to produce like what you, what you're imagining and like what you envision, like, your final product to be is um is just such a great feeling and it is a sigh of relief so yeah. I can I can say that because of the team that we had built yeah my stress was almost like gone by the like yeah. two days it was like almost like the jitteries at first like I was nervous like I wanted everything to go perfectly but like yeah. perfection is, is an illusion yeah. like as it is and so I'm just needless to say more than satisfied with how everything turned out and beyond excited for like the next the next time we have to do something like this again to curate this art yeah I like also exclamation mark on Lex <laughs> exclamation mark on yours Mariah bars, I it bars, like, bars 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 <laughs> it like makes my heart warm and fuzzy to hear you mm -hmm. share that because I'm gonna okay oh that's so cute Juice the camera baby hearts <laughs> Because you are such a caring mm. individual. Mm. And so you knew like your con your contributions and your presence truly, truly added so much. Yeah. And like different. And like we I would have mm -hmm. been stressed if I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. I would have been stressed if no one would like if if I had to greet every muse and be the one who sat them down and eased them into things mm -hmm. because my mind would have been five million other places right. and like you can't predict the time and about like I would have been stretched. Yeah. So like I hope you know that like you were so appreciated. Yeah. And thank you. I you do. had such a I vital do. role. Yes. And you still do. Right. Like there's vital. always a place in the home for you because of like your yes. creative spirit and you're just like your your personality. Mm -hmm. And right, you're great. Oh, and, thank you. Like, oh my gosh, guys. And like this whole, this whole <laughs> yeah, podcast that like you, you're building and that like, oh my gosh, like I can't wait to see the mountains mm -hmm. move with this. And you already are. And so, yes, please, like there's always space for you in our little team. Yeah. Thank you. I'll always be there, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, no, I think that feeds really, really nicely and kind of like a um, takeaway or like a wrap up of this episode of like the mission statement of Luma and both of you of, of like both of you as people of, I feel like, and I'm, or what I'm curious about is that for me, like my creative expression, whether that is through like music growing up mm -hmm. or like journaling or this podcast is like, I feel like it does such wonderful things for my mental health to have creative outlets. And I feel like that's maybe what Luma does for you both as well. And I know you both uh, yes, like yes. write your own poetry, but so I would love to one, have you both share your whys of Luma. Um, but also what like message would you like to say to someone who is perhaps nervous or hesitant or, um, you know, any, has any detractors in their mind as far as like, oh, they shouldn't pursue or like no one would, I don't know, listen to their music or uh, like their art. What would you kind of like impart having gone through this whole process of almost a year, like starting a, um, 
a nonprofit centered around creativity? Like, how would you encourage someone who is perhaps has negative self-talk towards their own um, creative persona? That was such a powerful question. Mm. Yeah, wow. And very thought-invoking. Wow. Um, so like you said, like I do write poetry and one line that comes to mind when, when asked that question is um, to be patient as you move at your own pace because mm. your existence begins and ends with you and mm. only you. And I think we get so like overwhelmed and caught up with who everyone else is and who everyone else thinks we are Mm -hmm. rather than um, focusing on who we are and what we can do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you really provide yourself with that self-love and you do, you continuously partake in that internal reflection you learn your strengths and you learn your weaknesses, which only, which, which only empower you to get better and better and better. And it's scary. It really is like you stepping out of your comfort zone. Like you, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to experience the pain you might inflict on yourself. But, um, when you do take that first step, because one step is still moving in the right direction. Um, you'll realize that you step into a whole different world and you keep moving and you keep creating your own own reality because we do have the power to do that Mm -hmm. because your perspective really is what creates how you live to your day-to-day life, your day-to-day life. And so I think that when you finally hush those demons that are constantly nagging at like the parts of you that beg to be better, use that as your rocket fuel because Mm -hmm if you focus too much on what you're not good at, you'll never be able to properly tap into what you are good at. Mm -hmm. And if you are a painter, chances are nobody can paint the way you can paint. Sophie and I, although we are both poets, have very different styles of poetry, yet still have, her poetry still invokes goosebumps every single time, Mm -hmm. like I read it. Um, And my poetry obviously like makes me feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, especially if you're creative in in the arts community, Um, there's no law to art. There's no specific rules because art is ever flowing, ever changing. It's what you make it to be. It's, there's no specific, like specific definition because it's an expression of yourself and using your creative power and your creative ability. And so I think that that could be channeled in any, any avenue of your life. Yes whether growing in relationships, I'm looking at them as relationships rather than transactions or exchanges, um, being intentional in that. And also just believing in yourself because Mm -hmm. like you can accomplish great things when you finally tell yourself that you're, you are enough and you are enough from the moment you start, you took your first breath of air. Um, there is nothing more that you've done to deserve that worthiness and that, and to feel that love than to just be existing. Um, so when you finally, I think, wake up to that reality. Um, I think you'll start to manifest some pretty powerful things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Full body chills. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. why do you have to do it to us like that? <laughs> wow. I mean, I have very similar thoughts to Lex. I also have a few like slightly different ones. I think when I look back on how I pursue passion projects, which I have done since 
honestly, I was a kid mm -hmm. from like making, I used to take geodes and crack them on my sidewalk oh my and then make jewelry out of them. That's like so super cute. Blue. Oh my gosh. I was doing <laughs> milk oh that's so cool. Bring it back. Bring it back. Literally, I have like earrings and necklaces. Make for my mom. I must see your oh. box jewelry. Oh, <laughs> literally. That's so I funny. Must. I used to bring those to school and then sell them during lunch. An entrepreneur. <laughs> I mean, no she started profit. young. But she started young. <laughs> yeah. We're not. Never mind. <laughs> my God. Too soon. Too soon. So that you know to college is when I think my creative outlets and passion projects like boomed mm, with the art gallery yeah. I started my own podcast then like I then coming to indie it was like at this point it felt natural to want to do something outside of like what I had to do yeah mm. oh my mm. I literally said that to my friend yesterday yeah. that's why Look at us. Okay. So I think, um, but when I look back, you know, now I can say it's very easy for me to say, mm -hmm. I'm going to do a passion project and I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it happen. And we're going to, I'm going to bring in people mm -hmm. and we're going to mm -hmm. partner because mm -hmm. things are better when they're with people. But if I were to zoom, zoom backwards, eh, I don't know if that's the right word, <laughs> roll backwards. And I were to ask my younger self, you know, what, what helped you take that first step? I think it's creativity, being creative, mm -hmm. expressing yourself is a muscle that you have to flex. Mm. And there is always fear. The fear is always there. The doubt is always there. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of doubt, of fear, which happens when you do take those steps, take those steps, is freedom. Yeah. It's freedom. It's <laughs> freedom to just be and do things and not be bound by the opinions of other people or mm. the opinions or the self-limiting beliefs you, mm -hmm. you impose yeah. on yourself. Freedom to me is everything because the moment you have the ability to pursue and do whatever it is that you want and create whatever it is that you want, the world and the universe just seem to be like limitless. And mm. they, and it seems like, it seems like you can then have, <laughs> I'm going to bring it back real quick. Okay. Manifestation. Mm -hmm. I believe like whether you say something out loud, whether you take one action, whether you write it down, it moves you that much closer to where you want to go and who you want to become. Mm -hmm. And if you have the freedom to move wherever you want and do what you want to do and feel good about what you're doing and feel yourself growing, like, isn't that like just one of the most amazing feelings ever and yeah, like yeah it's more than just like I made this thing the end it's like I made this thing I'm and, watering it yeah mm -hmm. helping it grow and then yeah. next time I can make this thing because I already knew how to make this thing mm -hmm. and that means yes. I can move towards this and then it's like your dreams are not that far away no. you and know it's all a learning process yeah like yeah. you never stop learning and and I mean, just in this this past year I've learned so much about the nonprofit sphere yeah. and and I mean, I was a poli sci major for crying out loud. Like, I don't really know too much about business. Um, Neither but... do I, honey. <laughs> but here we are. We're learning, aren't we? Totally, yeah. Um, but sorry, so if I cut you off. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, but I was just going to say, um, actually, no, I totally lost my train. It's been a while. It's okay. It'll come back to you. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I said it. The advice would be, you know, flex the muscle 
and Absolutely. start moving. Do before you think, say mm-hmm. three, two, Hell one, yeah. I'm going to do it. And then dream like bigger than you ever thought you mm-hmm. would or you could, because yeah. that is just going to be your North Star that helps you like move mm-hmm. towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be right here and tangible for no. you to say, I can do it. Yeah. I think it's about like locating your dream mm-hmm. and like really like zoning in on that passion, amplifying that passion or like really like, I mean, it's hard because I, I told Sophia, I guess, prior to Luma, that I was just like, you know, I was like trying to figure out like what, what I could do to like really become proud of myself in like my business endeavors or my professional endeavors. Um, and then she presented me with her, with her project. And I was like telling her, like, this was like, maybe like two weeks ago. I'm like, Sophie, like without realizing it, you gave me purpose. Like this mm-hmm. was like part of my purpose. And it's just like, but once, once I found it, Oh, it was like full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, if you, if you are feeling like at odds, maybe you're not pursuing the correct purpose. Like maybe, maybe you're doing it because your mom wants you to do it or your dad or your best friend pushed you to do it. Or you chose a major and now you don't really want to change it for the third time. Guess what? I changed my majors three times. <laughs> it's possible. It is um, possible. So I think it's really just like finding your passion mm-hmm. and then being determined enough to pursue it because it takes hard work. And then I think, um, humility and it's just like knowing that you can't accomplish all of this but not losing sight of who you truly are and what you actually value before maybe you do make it big that one day so yeah yeah that's so special (laughs) um I think that's a great like great message for our listeners to impart and I was so um I'm so blessed that both of you are so willing to share like just your persona everything that you've learned up until this point, like through life, through friends, through whatever um, has been thrown your way. And then how you take that and really channels your energy and your effort Mm -hmm. and your like kindness, just everything into Luma. I think it's so beautiful. And for that reason, if both of you could pull up your whys, um, I think that'd be a great, you know, great thing to lead with our listeners is have both of you read your your poetry and your why of Luma. I can go first. Go ahead. Okay. Why am I building Luma? Why am I committed to Luma? I want to positively ripple a city. I want to bring souls together. I want to amplify voices. I want to create spaces for stories. I want to strip constructs in favor of connection and conversation. Let's talk about hard things. Let's talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's talk about death, pain, and identity. I am a light. I will create light. Luma is light. Luma illuminates. I am Luma. Luma is me. An experience can spark thoughts. Thoughts create action. Action creates change. We are the change. I will do my part. I will change what I can. One life, one day, one moment. Luma lifts me up and I lift Luma. Why? What a powerful question. I commit to Luma because I love touching souls. I love sharing light and breathing in darkness. I love the essence of humanity. I will do what I can. For Owen, for those that have left this earth, for those that feel lost or are floating, togetherness is everything, my why. Togetherness is Beautiful. everything. Thank you. I promise to get that, that, that tattooed on my body one day. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah, you heard it here. Oh, wow. So 
every time Sophie says that, like, I just, she's, she's chills. read it. It's literally like every time it's just chills because mm-hmm. it is her authentic why as to like why she's like part of this, like driving, part of driving this train forward and inspiring as always. Thank you. Um, so this is my why and it kind of um, intertwines uh, my, my vision for Luma uh, in the near future and years and years ahead. Luma, illuminating. Humanity, the secrets of the universe hidden inside. The constellation of experiences that have shaped and reshaped a soul. Every transformative lesson, every galactic burst, leading to the emergence of a more magnificent being, a force to be reckoned with, and another tale to be told. Magnifying, humanity's journey through the light years and the stories of eons to come. The cosmic collisions of souls brought to union by similar meteor showers and individual comet configuration. The shifting and reshifting of solar systems as intimacy incites a bang and our stars align to forge an even grander galaxy. Together, we act as the ultimate guide through the cosmos. With every synced planet orbit and formed connection reveals that the mysteries of life lie within the exchange of energies in our shared stardust composition. We radiate and astound with brilliance and stare in awe as we exist as both the viewer and the view. In union, we unlock the conundrum of space and time as we venture into the infinity of the universe, the existence of Luma. (laughs) Yeah, those are both so beautiful. I love you guys so much. Gosh, we love you. Oh my gosh, that was so insane. Um, yeah, no, um, I'm so happy. I hope the first time that I heard both of you speak to your why, um, different times, but truly phenomenal. And just hearing them back again, I'm so happy to have them like live in the existence of both of you, like this podcast, um, our listeners, I hope that they're equally as touched by both of your, um, pieces as I was for the first time I listened to them you're both so soulful um incredible people so I'm so happy that I got the chance to like really dive in I feel like this is something Lex you and I have talked about before but um when you meet people I feel like you go from that spot from where you meet them and like look forward into the future with them mm-hmm. and so it's so fun for me to like do a deep dive into the past and purposefully create space to like really talk about life changing moments and opinions and perspective. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like it's, we like, you know, daily life is very quick paced. And so it's so fun to be able to sit down, um, be able to learn more about both of you and thank you for taking the time to do so as well. Um, both for our listeners, for me, for each other, for yourselves. I think it's really special and know that I love you both. I love Luma. Um, You're such hard workers just in every aspect of your life and so passionate about all the work you do. So I hope you take that with you. Mariah, thank you you, like a million about for a million things, like one for actually creating the space for us to be able to like not only share like our aspects of Luma, but like share who we are and mm-hmm. for you to also partake in that and to reveal who you are as well. Like we said, like, this is like, I feel like the energy in this mm-hmm. room. I can feel like that connection for me. And I've already feel mighty close to you guys. And 
I just even closer in this moment. And so like, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm just in awe of you and all that you've done with your podcast. And uh, it's, it's an honor to actually be a part of it. So mm-hmm. one thing that I think Mariah is always consistent about is putting comfortability mm-hmm. at the forefront mm-hmm. yes. of any human interaction. Yes. And which is why you are our greeter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now. It comes full circle. <laughs> Presents like honey. Oh, yeah. oh that's so good. Oh. So healing and comforting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, right up to Mariah. My personal, <laughs> my personal branding just, like, went up so much. But I feel equally grateful for you and the fact that you, you know, you said, I want to bring you on. I want to amplify your voices like and you want to see us as we are and you want to love us and support us like I feel so grateful for that. And I know that you are taking and moving mountains in your realm of life and Mm. our realms of life intersect. Right. But like we share mountain ranges. (laughs) Stop it. Oh my God. But like, that was so good. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a straight bar. <laughs> but like, it's amazing to see all that you do and how you go about not only cultivating things that are for you with your passion projects, with the self-love and growth mm-hmm. and the habits mm-hmm. and the behaviors, but that you want to let people into your headspace along the way. Mm-hmm. And you also want to empower them. Mm-hmm. And that is so incredibly beautiful. And it, it is, and beautiful is not, it is the right word, but a better word is like, you have a gift. And I hope that you continue to give it to that. Give it to all these amazing people who have been able to be on your podcast and mm-hmm. just interact with you in day-to-day life. Oh, thank you. I will take I mean, all of that <laughs> moving forward. It, you both make me feel so good. Um, so I, yeah, I love you both. We um, love you. Love you love so you. much. <laughs> Come check us out at lumagalleries.org <laughs> and luma.galleries on instagram and what is our linkedin so well you can just search galleries will pop up yeah and please come out to volume one Mm -hmm. in june 25th and 26th of 2022 and if you uh yeah if you're listening we just love to have you join our journey Mm -hmm. and um RSVP now (laughs) I'll make sure the link is on um our socials and the episode description as well for our listeners all right thank you thank you all for listening and dedicating some of your time to listening to these conversations and being an external part of that conversation I hope you take away with each episode maybe some new perspectives and some ways to reflect about how what we talk about pertains to your life and your own interests and goals.